This is David's Book Talk, bringing authors and book lovers together in a unique way since 2009. Visit us at davidsbooktalk.com and join the conversation at facebook.com slash davidsbooktalk. But first, pull up a chair, relax, and enjoy today's episode. Here's your host, David English. Hello, and welcome to David's Book Talk. And boy, do we have a special guest today. Well, I can't even believe I'm talking to her. Michael Learned, she is, yes, Olivia Walton from the, the Waltons. And she's here to talk about various things, among them writing a book. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm Oh, this book writing, I'll tell you. It's, uh, it's so intimidating. Yeah. Every now and then I read something I've written and I go, oh, that's not so bad. And then I'll write another little essay and think, oh, my God. What are you trying to do? It's crazy. (laughs) At least you're honest about it. (laughs) I revere and respect writers. And every time I read a really great book, I think, how did they do it? How did they bring this whole thing together? When When you think about, you know, the idea is the easy part. When you sit down and try to write a book and think about all the complex, complex things you have to write about, I don't know how people do it. I really don't know how they do it. Well, that's, I mean, it's hard enough to write about your own life, but to make up a story, a novel of 200 and some odd pages and do that, I agree with you. I, I don't have a clue, but God, I, I, I love to read, and I did. It was my savior as a child. I swear I could lose myself in a book. I, I, I did the usual, you know, the flashlight under the covers and all that. Uh, and my, my parents encouraged it. My father caught me one day. Um, reading a true romance comic book or something. I was hiding in the garage. I, my friend had lent it to me because we weren't allowed to have comic books. Right. And he caught me, and he, he, he said, that is crap. He took it away from me, and he came back and handed me. Uh, he said, why are you reading that? And I said, because it's romantic. And he, said, <laughs> he came back and handed me Emile Zola's Nana and said, you want romance? Read that. <laughs> and was he so right? He was. I mean, it was a little racy, but um, it was one, you know, I grew up reading really wonderful literature, more so than I do now. I I tend to escape read now, but... You know, what's amazing is your voice sounds exactly the same as it did on the Waltons. I mean, I I I can hear... I mean, I've talked to actors before who don't even sound the same anymore. They sound very, very different, but you sound, you still have that, I can can hear it all in you, all that same person. Well, thank you very much. But I mean, the, you're well, such an iconic. Now, I, now I'm doing. Now I'm Daisy, and I find myself talking in a southern accent all the time. Oh, that's wonderful! And I catch myself. <laughs> I'm in character. It's terrible. I, I know it's great. It's wonderful to hear it. I love it. I love. But as an actor, you want to be able to do those different things. You want to be able to 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 be able to do every character you can possibly get a chance to do. You know, I'm sure that it's a thrill for you. Well, she's a tough nut because uh, she, you know, she she really isn't very likable in the beginning of the play. So the audience has to take the journey with her, right. the journey of uh, self awareness. Uh, they they take that journey with her, and by the end of the play, hopefully, they realize, you know, they love her and and they love the relationship that she and Hoke have together. Lance Nichols is playing Hoke, and he's yeah. he's the most amazing actor. He's just wonderful. So we've done it a couple of times, a few times together, actually, and we have a really good chemistry. It's a joy to work with him. And that's the thing with, I mean, doing a TV show for nine years and doing Broadway, there has to be that chemistry. If you don't have that chemistry, what do you do? I mean, what if you get, don't get along with somebody? I mean, that just makes everything so much more difficult very hard when you when you are working with people you don't like but I've been lucky I most of the time I've had a couple of bad experiences but with very competitive actors and I won't mention names but um, other than that um, most most of the time it is it becomes a very intense experience and very intimate really um, because you're revealing yourself as well as your character i know when i when i'm at work people ask me questions you know, they 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 like to get personal with you after a while when you work with them long enough they like to get personal sometimes you don't want to get personal you know sometimes you want to be by yourself or you don't want to reveal too much about yourself 
to certain people because word gets around, you know, and you want to make sure that, and, and maybe you shouldn't even worry about that nowadays. I mean, there's so much openness nowadays, it seems like. But I mean, back when you were doing the Waltons, I, I would I would guess it was like that. You know, it was much more. You didn't talk about things as much. Well, but, you know, I did, which was a mistake actually, because there were times when I would reveal something, and that was that became the primary focus of the um, the interview rather than what I intended. Oh. You know, sometimes I would share something that, and and the res, the end result was a good one, but the journey to get there was a difficult one, kind of like Miss Daisy. Right. Uh, but they would just print the journey and not the outcome, and that was tough because you know they were trying to find an angle. Now you yeah. didn't, you didn't, according to what I'm saying online, you really didn't want to do Olivia Walton at first. I mean, it was, it was no. No, I was going through a tough time. I was getting a divorce from my, my first husband and the father of my children, who just died, actually, this year. And oh, I'm sorry to hear that. We, we loved each other so much, even after the divorce. And um, Anyway, uh, um, we were going through a divorce, and, and I was not doing well, and so emotionally. And so I, I came... I, I just thought I was supposed to go on tour with Private Lives for the American Conservatory Theater, but I had a two-week um, hiatus, so I decided to go down to L.A. and just learn the freeways in case an audition came up because I get lost all the time. And oh, I thought, yeah. well, this way I'll, I'll know my way around, and if an audition comes up, I won't arrive with sweat dripping into my shoes. So <clears throat> I stayed at a very cheap little twelve dollar a night motel <laughs> and um, and the, this part that I had said I didn't even want to try out for was still open and my agent said you go you're gonna go and just go and I said ah, I'm not 40 and I uh, I have short hair I'm not short blonde hair I'm not a redhead I, I don't why are you sending me this is, I'll never get it and you forced me to go and I did and lo and behold Changed my life. <laughs> that's 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 putting it mildly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. before I called you, I I'm listening to the Waltons music, and I mean the music just haunts me every time I hear it. You know, it, it's something that I you know it takes me back to that day when it was first on, and, and how beautiful it was, and it's still beautiful today. It, it it's never changed. It's never gone out of style. It's just so. It's, and I it's perfect for that show, isn't it? It's perfect music. It is. I mean, there's some shows where you hear the music like, what is that music even doing associated with this show? You know? And you can't figure it out. But it is. It, it it brings that nostalgia back somehow. When you hear it, you you I mean, it just brings everything back. I mean, I can you can see scenes in your head from the show. And did you have trouble learning lines when you were doing the show? Was it difficult for you at all? And I know you talked about um, where you were where you had to stand, getting used to standing certain places, marks was difficult for you. Oh, yeah. I'd been doing theater for so long, I'd forgotten you have to hit certain marks. But, you know, I'll tell you, the, the cast and the crew of that show were stellar as human beings, all of them. And I had the sense on the first day of shooting to say, you know what, I've been doing theater for a long time and I don't have a clue what I'm doing technically. Uh, in terms of film, and I'd appreciate any help you can give me. And that crew bent over backwards to help me out. They were just adorable and um, kind. And, of course, the kids were all little, and they were... I saw more of those children, unfortunately, at that time than I did of my own, really. Wow. Um, we were together 10 hours a day every single day, except when they were in school. And so, truly, I'm getting choked up as I speak you but truly i i got a second family and i still have a second family i mean those kids are now middle-aged about probably about your age really. right and mm -hmm. um, they're um, they're just the most terrific human beings and i love them like my own and i i was and able me. i was i have interviewed mary mcdonough she was just incredibly wonderful yeah and I did. Yeah. I did reach out to to Richard Thomas, who I got a response from. So, which was very. I, I told him I was going to interview her, and I, I had asked for some. You know, I wanted to get what he would say. I wanted to see what he would say about her. I knew he'd say nice things. I just. I was just curious what he would say. 
And I was able to actually talk to Earl Hamner, too, which was really cool. We talked on the phone before he died. Oh, he's terrific. He was wonderful and a great sense of humor. And I complained a lot when I was on the show because um, I, A, I'd been doing theater, which to me, the difference between theater and television is in theater, it's like a racehorse running a race. Right. You get to go from the beginning to the end. And in television, it's kind of like a plow horse plowing a field in that, you know, it stopped and start and stop and start. And a lot of the time, they wanted me in the shot because they wanted Mama to be there. But they didn't really have much for me to do except Uh-oh. to pour coffee or say, pass the salt, please, or time for bed, you know, that kind of thing. So, and I get, that, must have gotten, that must have gotten tiresome after a while. It got kind of old for me as an actor, but every now, that, I mean, they really tried. Right. And but at the time, I was spending, you know, twelve to fourteen hours on a set, and I had kids at home, and I was I was torn, and I was neurotic. So, let's face it, I I um, I was probably a pain in the ass. But they were so sweet hmm. and kind, all of them. The producers, I can't tell you that there was only one. Uh, one-line producer, whose name I won't mention, but, you know, he was difficult. But the rest were really great. There's always that one person. Everywhere you work, there's that one person that gets under your skin. (laughs) One guy, and I, I, he, you know, he was just tough. And I wasn't used to tough. I was used to theater, where everybody is respectful and kind, basically, and, you know, you're all working together. And this guy was a little bit, he was kind of kind of like a gangster and he intimidated me so that so, wasn't his fault so the first uh, meeting with all the kids and Ralph everything went well with everybody I mean you didn't clash with anybody I mean it was it was very 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 familiar right away then I'm trying to think if there was somebody I clashed with no uh, there wasn't I mean it was it was like a love story and it's boring really I mean there's no there's no scandal. There's no. I mean, the kids. I guess there was a lot of stuff going on that I didn't know about. Right. For them, mm-hmm. that was traumatic, maybe for them. But um, they didn't. Me, con- they didn't confide that in you. No, they didn't. They confided other things, but for some reason, they didn't tell me. You know, if a member of the crew was hitting on them or something, I I, I didn't know any of that. If that happened, I think it was maybe after I left, or. Um, for some reason, they didn't tell me. I don't know why, because I would have. I mean, Ralph and I were always protective of those kids. Right. And um, <clears throat> I remember once um, the production company was a little cheap. Right. <laughs> I, I went. I went to Lee Rich and I said, "You know, you never. You send John, uh, Ralph and me. We get nice, big, huge fruit baskets or whatever on on the first day of shooting, and the kids don't get anything." So um, they sent them a little tiny basket of muffins. Oh. <laughs> so that kind of thing. I didn't like very often the way the kids were treated mm-hmm. um, in general and and also animals. So I was always kind of banging on the door of the producer's office, uh, offices and saying, you know, you gotta, you can't do this, you can't drug the cow, you can't blah, blah, blah. So when, like do you, when do you... That, that was a hardship. Actually, that part of it when you're doing a TV show because time is money, and right. so they do whatever they have to do to get the shot and get it over with and move on. It, it is. That's I a lot of. That can be a lot of pressure. I had a problem with it. Um, they drugged a cow once, and um, I didn't know about it, so I stayed in my dressing room until they. Had, I had to be on the. I had to come into the scene and. I, I walked in, and there's this poor cow lying on the ground with its tongue hanging out. Oh. The cow tongue is a pretty big tongue. And I just burst into tears. I couldn't stop crying, and I wasn't supposed to be crying in the scene. Right. But, um, you know, things like that. But that's television, unfortunately. It's not, it's, not, um, it's not the theater. It's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Right, exactly. You've won four By the way, the, the, the cow did live. Right. Thank God. Um, People are wondering that now. (laughs) Is that cow okay? (laughs) The cow did survive. uh, But, you know, sometimes it was rough, a little rough. I think it might be better now, more more, um, 
more thoughtful. But it was, you know, really back then it was. And I think once some poor kid got left swinging in one of those, it was a fair, you know, those right. kind of baskets that swing out in a fair. <laughs> and some child was kind of left up there a little too long until it threw up. And, you know, little things like that. You're very. You're... That was very disturbing to me, very disturbing. I'll bet. You're, you're a very yeah. strong woman. I mean, I can sense that. And, and just hearing your stories, I can tell you're a very strong woman. You've won four Emmys. I mean, you're you, you're amazing. I mean, for, winning four Emmys is very difficult. Not everybody does that. Well, I was very lucky. I think I was just very lucky. I, you don't do the work to win an Emmy. You, right. You, I was shocked, actually, the first time because uh, I'm very... I may be strong, but I'm also shy mm-hmm. in some ways. Not Less so now that I'm old, but when I was younger, I was always frightened of everything. And um, the strength, I think, came from... I did it anyway, even though I was frightened. But um, I I went with my son, Chris, and uh, he was all decked out in his uh, borrowed tuxedo, and I was in a Bill Blast gown that... Right. that I, you know, with a feather boa and all that stuff it was fabulous and exciting and fun. And I never thought for a second that I even had a chance of winning anything. So I was completely relaxed and very happy. And then when they called my name, I remember the look on my son's face. His eyes were as wide as plates, you know, and, and I, it was terrifying. To get up there in front of all those people and try to speak was so terrifying. Mm. And from then on, I was nervous. I wasn't. It was not a happy time. Was, was was that the one where James, I mean, I know yeah. I saw a clip where James Franciscus calls you Michelle instead of Michael, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't. That didn't bother me. I'm used to that, but um, but you did make but you made a crack about Michael. You said something about Michael. I said it's Michael. It is Michael. It's Michael. <laughs> and, uh, I'm used to saying that. I always have to correct people and say, no, no, it really is Michael. Because people say, well, didn't your parents want a boy? No, I was oh. the oldest of six girls. Well, is are you sure you? When I was a little girl, people would say, are you sure your name is Michael? Isn't it Michelle? Or, oh, or that's terrible. Or, you know, and I'd say, no, it, it, and I'd feel guilty, you know, no, it's Michael. So I, I'm so used to right. correcting people. But it's one of those things where you look at the name, you think, wait a minute, am I reading that wrong? Are they spelling her name wrong? And, you, know, and you can't help but think, you can't help but that goes through your head because you're so used to seeing a woman's name as, as a, looking like a woman's name, you know, that Michael's a very unusual name. It's unusual for a woman, yeah. yeah. And, you know, they, they put that in the opening credits. They put a miss in front of my name. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, and that's why because they said nobody's going to know who you are because nobody did, and they're going to we're going to show a picture of you as Olivia and no and Cammy as Elizabeth, and nobody will be able to figure it figure it out. So we'll put a miss in front of it, and that's what they did. That's <laughs> I saw. I was just watching that on YouTube, and and I thought I didn't even think of that before. I thought, wow, that's interesting. They had to do that back yeah. then. They don't have to do that anymore. That's for sure. But well, not so much. And also, my name was very much like. Uh, there's an actor named Michael Lerner, L E R N E R. Right. And yeah. I actually know him from ACT. So when I first came to LA, they wanted me to change my name, and I I just said no. I I, I won't. I've struggled with this name all my life. And That's right, and it's yours, and you're entitled to it. <laughs> but were all the years on the Waltons happy for you? I mean, did you really have fun every year? The the, the cast and the crew were were great. My personal life was tumultuous. Right. I was young. I was 17 when I was married. I, I didn't really know. I spent the 15 years of my first marriage trying to be the perfect 50s wife. Right. And, you know, I didn't really, I didn't have a chance to really find out who I really am, which is not the perfect 50s housewife. And, um, you know, I think that part of that, it was also the 60s and everybody was kind of screwed up and I was drinking too much and 
Mm-hmm. Things were going on in the marriage that I, 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 could, I, I just couldn't go on anymore. Right. And, well, um, but that's so, hard. I mean, and I loved, right. you know, I loved Peter. So leaving for, for, for me to leave that marriage, which was sort of my security, was a very difficult thing. And um, I was kind of a mess. But the, the Waltons gave me structure and financially helped me out and put my kids through private schools. And so I can't say... I mean, the, the Walton's experience was always a good one, but my personal life was, you, you bring that with you wherever you go. You mm-hmm. bring your own struggles with you. So I brought some of my struggles to the set. Well, what, what, and, I, what uh, I was going to say is it's hard when you're not happy at home. It's very difficult to have a good work life, too, because you sometimes will bring that into your work life. But it sounds like exactly, you... Exactly. But somehow... You know, going to the set. I remember once thinking, I was sitting in the living room and the fire was going, in the living room on the set, and the fire was going and the room was all neat and clean and they were they were shooting the scene of Grandma and Grandpa in the next, uh, you know, just a wall over. And I was sitting there and I picked up some prop knitting and I started knitting and I thought, oh, I wish my life was like this at home. But it wasn't. And, but we all got through it. You know, that's the good part of the story is that my son is coming down here, driving all the way down here with his wife and my granddaughter to ha- just to have dinner with me. And then they're driving back to L.A. Uh, and it's a two-hour drive. I'm so moved that they're doing that. Because we've all been, uh, all my kids have been staying at the house because there was a memorial for my first husband, Peter Donat, and we all attended it. And they came from all over. Wait a minute. I remember yeah. Peter Donat. Wow. Yeah, Peter was my first husband. Wow. And, uh didn't he do a lot of sci-fi TV or some he did he did a couple of things and he right. did um, you know uh, he, he did a lot of television actually but primarily he too was a theater actor and um, I can see his face so in my head the memorial was very touching we went December 30th and I saw all my old buddies from ACT and my sisters were there and my kids were all there and the grandchildren everybody got up and spoke and it was mm-hmm. a very 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 moving experience and his wife and I are very good friends and it was um and Peter and I managed to maintain our love all those years even after even after the divorce um it was never we never were uh, nasty about each other ever mm-hmm. ever so now you were I think that, I'm sorry go ahead Go ahead. No, I was going to... I'm long-winded. It's okay. I was going to say, you you actually did a Murder, She Wrote episode. Did you get to meet D'Angelo Lansbury? Oh, sure. Yeah. And she, too, she's a theater person, just like we are, you know. Oh, she's very nice. But, you know, when you're on a set, it's kind of hello, hello, and then you do the scene, and then everybody goes back to their trailers. So um, I wouldn't say that we hung out. Right. Whereas in the theater, you, you tend to hang out as a group. You go for drinks after the show or after rehearsal. You have dinner together. And there's more of a uh, family feeling in theater than there is in television, I think. So, um, but I'm curious with the theater now. You're doing Driving Miss Daisy. How long does it take you to get it down pat? get it down to the point where you know you can just do it straight through. I mean, how long does that take? How long of a process is that? Well, it's, it's a long process. I had to do a um, Terrence McNally play called Mothers and Sons, and there's a lot of dialogue in it for the character I was playing. And we had two and a half... Uh, we had two and a half... Um, weeks of rehearsal and it was uh, I didn't have the lines quite down mm-hmm. uh, and that, that's terrifying if you're not exactly sure so uh, they shorten and sh- this time we're rehearsing two weeks but I played the part before so the lines come back very quickly and the only thing that's different is the blocking mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes a new bully um, so really now it only takes me two weeks to do a play I've done before Right, but a new play takes a lot longer for me. I have to, I have to know it almost going in. I have to memorize it going in because I'm old. When right. you're young, you can memorize lines overnight, you know. But when you're older, uh, things don't stick as well as they used to. Now, you you played Catherine Chancellor on Young and the Restless. Is that true? I did. Yes, she was ill, 
and I replaced her. Can you imagine step, trying to step into somebody else's shoes? Like, like she was, she's such an icon. Right. But um, people were wonderful about it. They were so kind, and you know, they understood. It was like I was the understudy. Well, you're like everybody's mother. I mean, you're, everybody remembers you as a mother. You're like a mother to everybody. I mean, and because, well, I am a mother. I am a mother. <laughs> and you know, it's such wonder. There's such wonderful memories associated with the wall. I mean, everybody as a family, you could sit or, you could sit down and watch that show. You don't have to worry about whether there's going to be any violence or or sex or whatever. It was just a clean beautiful show i mean and you you didn't have nowadays you, you don't know what you're in for when you turn the tv on that's true and and you know you're right and earl earl hamner deserves all the credit for that and later claire uh peterson and rod um uh, Rod Peterson and Claire Whitaker uh, who were the who replaced uh the previous uh, writers and producers, uh, they kept the show going after I left, and they were they they wrote wonderful stories for the older kids, and uh, they've become great personal friends of mine. And uh, you know, I I think the thing was that it was a story; it had a story to tell. Every show was a story, especially in the first five years. And uh, you don't see much of that on television anymore. You see, a, I don't know what you see. You mm -hmm. see violence and you see, I have no problem with sex, but I mean, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't want to be, mm -hmm. we're sort of a brutish country really, but, but it's to tell a story in one hour, um, I think is a real achievement so my the credit goes to the writers and and they did some of those stories in the first five years were just enchanting and you know to speak of the music as you did in the beginning mm. my son lucas once he was probably about your age maybe a little older but um he was maybe nine or something and i was cooking dinner and the music came on because we used to watch it together mm. and uh and he said mom Whenever I hear that music, it makes me so happy. Mm. And I think that's what it did. That show made people feel safe and comfortable and uh, nostalgic. And it moved people and it made people laugh. And one of the I'm thing, so grateful to be part of it. One of the things that's, that, that's swirling around on, online is why the family's name was changed to the Waltons. Do you know for sure why it was? I don't know anything about it. I, I I think it's odd. It's an odd. I remember Ralph and I were laughing about it. The Waltons, <laughs> really? The Waltons? It almost sounds like the I Walnuts, you know? It's like <laughs> yeah, I know. And yeah, exactly. But it but it doesn't. It seems to have been okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know where they came up with that name. That's the name. That's something you need to ask. Um, maybe Richard knows. I don't know. I have no idea, but I do remember we made fun of it, and we also made fun of the first, the first show, the first show that we shot, where John Boy kills a bear, I think, or something. Oh wow! And Ralph and I were watching the dailies on it, and we just started laughing. We said, "Really, this guy in a big bear costume going?" <laughs> we thought we thought the show was going to run a week and be canceled. That's what we really thought. Wow, that's amazing. Lo and behold, how, it went. How often do you get to see Richard Thomas? Whenever I'm in New York, we get together. Whenever he does a show, I like to go try and go see it. And we're, we're very close friends. All of us are. We really are. Mm -hmm. and, and we don't get to see each other as much as we'd like. But I'll tell you, when we do a reunion, we all look forward to it. I'll bet. Together, yeah. I'll bet. So, God. Can you imagine having to go to work every day on the set where you don't like anybody? Oh, God. I mean, it would be torture. It would be torture. I couldn't do it. I, In fact, Ralph and I once had a quarrel. We thought about something. I can't remember what it was, but we had a spat. And I, uh, we were going to do a scene, and I had to go knock on his dressing room door. And I said, we have to make up. I can't shoot the scene if I'm still mad at you. <laughs> and you did. <laughs> and we did, of course. Yeah. And I, I mean, I he loved watching guy. Richard on The Americans. God, that was wonderful seeing him on that show. He's such a good actor. He, he, he's he's uh, first time I saw him do something other than The Waltons, which was way back. Right. He did, I think it was called The Newsroom. 
And he uh. was a completely different character. He was like James Cagney. And I, I barely recognized him. He was so good. He had so transformed himself into that character. He was wonderful. And did he have the most beautiful hair you've ever seen on a young man in your life? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, well, for me, I, I was... I, <laughs> Why do I look at those things? I don't know, but <laughs> to me. Well, why not? Yeah, well, why not? He was a beautiful man. I mean, I was watching the old... Yes, uh, he still is. He hasn't changed at all. He looks exactly the same as he looked back. <laughs> let's do a plug for your... Where is Driving Miss Daisy going? Where are you going to do it? Is it in California somewhere? Or? In Laguna. Laguna. In Laguna Beach, which is a lovely town in uh, Laguna. Yeah, and it's the Laguna Playhouse. And I'm doing driving this day. Now, how often? And I love it. How often will you be doing it? I mean, is it a daily thing? Uh, well, it's like the regular theater. Uh, I guess it's Tuesday through Sunday mm -hmm. until the 27th of January, and then we're finished. All right. It, the first time you go out there and do it, is, are you going to be a little terrified? Or will I'm you... always. I'm always not a little. I'm always nervous. But I, I uh, ease into it as, as after we've done a couple of performances and we get a feel for the audience. <laughs> then I kind of settle down. Right. Well, but I'm always nervous. Yeah, it's never, it's like stepping out of an airplane. <laughs> they said, they've done, they, you know, the famous they, uh, but apparently there was a test done and they say that, that actors on opening night have the same amount of adrenaline coursing through their body as a jet pilot in combat, a uh, fighter pilot in combat. Wow, that's a lot. So, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, my knees always shake, my hands shake, and uh, I'm better than I was. I'm more comfortable in my own skin now than I was when I was younger, but... Uh, What's nice about get very very nervous. Right. What's nice about you is I feel like I could ask you anything. Like I didn't wouldn't have to hold back, you know. And not to be afraid, I might ask you something that might offend you. Like I can ask you how your health is, how 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 you're doing health wise. But you can tell me to I'm shut up healthy. if you want. <laughs> I'm pretty healthy for my age. I have a few aches and pains, you know. Um, but um, I'm actually very healthy when I look around me. I'm not on any medication or oh, I'm on blood pressure medication, but that's it. Right. And, um, you know, I look around me at people my age who are walking with walkers and stuff, and I think, oh my God, am I lucky? Uh, the trouble with being old is that you don't heal like you do when you're young. You know, when you sprain a shoulder, I have a sprained shoulder, a uh, shoulder tear, and it's just, it's just taking forever to heal. But, right. Basically, I'm in. I take dance classes. I take jazz classes still, and um, you know, I'm, I'm physically active. And I think if anybody my age is listening to this, or are, are we on the radio? I don't even know if we are. What it's just that no, it goes to a website, but it's it's like okay. a podcast. So, well, if anybody my age is reading, <laughs> then you know, I think exercise is more important than food. You know, they always push your diet when you're older. But I really think exercise is the answer. Well, you th if you think about it, when you're when you're moving around a lot, you forget your aches and pains. You tend to forget yeah. it a lot. When you sit True. and you're eating, it seems like the aches and pains come back. That's that's my experience with aches and pains. <laughs> or when, when, well, you're not old enough for aches and pains. No, that's true. <laughs> but um, you do you do find that there is a little creak here and there when you're. I remember when I was forty, I. I I, I went to the doctor and I said, you know, when I get up in the morning and I start walking, my feet hurt. And he said, how old are you? And I said, 42. And he said, well, at your age, if your feet didn't hurt, you'd be dead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess things do kind of, you get a little more creaky as you get into well, your feet. And I think, and your 60s will be great. Right. And then 70s is when you start to feel things that you never felt before. Right. But yeah, and you know that's just the way life is. You you get used to it. But every time you have an ache or pain when you're older, you get scared. You think, "What is that? What is that? What's happening to me?" You know, and maybe you're not that's quite that neurotic, but <laughs> no, I am. I am. I mean, literally, I I count the years, and I don't have a whole lot left. And as you get older, the time goes very fast. So what? And I'm very what, aware of it. Very aware of it. I want to talk about your future now. The the book. When do you hope the book will be out? In the next couple of years, sometime. I don't know. I have to. I have to get serious about it. I have. I have tons of stuff I've written, but it's just 
it's like a patchwork quilt. Mm-hmm. And I have all the, I have a lot of little patches, but I haven't stitched them together yet. And that's a lot of work. And so I was thinking maybe I'd do some more writing here. I haven't written enough about my career. Right. Uh, and the people I've worked with, you know, I think people are interested in in that. Uh, not necessarily in my career, but in what it was like to work with some wonderful people that I've worked with. Would you like to uh, do more TV? I don't know. Yes, I would. I like the money in television. I'd like to leave my kids a nice little chunk of something, but oh, that's um, nice. I don't. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd want to do an hour. You know, I wouldn't want to star in an hour series, but I'd love to do a little part where you just, you know, like the uh, Cora Bath, You know, where you come on and you have a couple of wonderful little scenes, and then you you're not in every day for 14 hours a day. I, I wouldn't want to do that. Right. Somebody's um, mother would be I, nice. You see little little part coming in every now and then to somebody's grandma or something. Yeah, that would be cool. It would be cool to see you again, to see how, to really, because yeah. yeah. you, could, you could do feisty really well, I'm sure. It would be fun. Yeah, those <laughs> are the fun, those are the most fun. And, and that's what we tried to bring to uh, Olivia. You know, I used to have to fight her all sometimes and say, look, if you make this woman too perfect, people are going to start hating her. Because uh, who likes a perfect person? You know what I else? I, have little, I, I really it. loved you in Nurse, too. I really liked that show. Oh, I know thank it did, you. It didn't last all that long, I know. but I wish it had, because I think it was a very good show. Now, was Robert yeah, Reed yeah. on that show? Yes, he was. Yeah, I thought he was. I, he was a marvelous actor, yeah. How did you, he was, uh, there's always been stories about him being unhappy on the Brady Bunch. Was he happy to work with on Nurse? I mean, did you get along with him pretty well? He seemed like a a nice man, generally. He was a very pleasant, very gracious guy. But, um, no, I, I, we, he, he was not happy doing Nurse. And neither was I, and I think that's why the show was canceled. Because we were getting writers from L.A. who would say things like, she goes home and soaks in her hot tub. Well, you don't have a hot tub when you're living in an apartment in Harlem. Right. And so there were always struggles. I mean, I remember Robert sitting in the hotel, and we were shooting in a real hospital, so they couldn't move walls. The lighting was difficult. You know, on a set, they move walls around, and um, it it moves a lot faster. So the lighting would take hours sometimes, and we were in this metropolitan hospital in the psych ward, and I, I sometimes wondered, are we really shooting a series, or do we just think we're shooting a series and we're crazy in the psych ward? But, um, you know, he was very, he kept to himself. He was um, very quiet. He decorated his own little hospital room uh, beautifully, and uh, I didn't know how to do that. He painted it. He did it all himself. And he was a very, um, very circumspect dignified man, but not, not not warm and fuzzy, I wouldn't say. Right. Well, you watch him even today on The Brady Bunch, and, and he's just such a, I mean, you, you forget how good he acted. I mean, I, I just, I look at them yeah. and I think, it, it, he was good. It, it, he could really make a scene memorable, you know, with the, with the kids. He was a wonderful actor. Yeah, he was a wonderful actor. I mean, you've, worked well. with a, you've worked with a lot of actors. Now, you, you say you've had problems with some, but you're not going to talk about who they are, and we don't want to know who they are. But although no. some people might be curious. <laughs> Only two, two women who were, you know, I, I am the old school. You, the, the focus is the play. You right. interpret the play. It's not about you. And when I work with somebody who just wants to be the center of attention through the whole thing, it makes me very angry, actually. Now, and, you, you um, got along well with Ellen Corby? Very well. Right. I did. She's not always easy. She was tough. Right. And uh, the day she had her stroke, um, the day before she had her stroke, she'd had an argument with the producers about a scene. They weren't on the set yet, and she rewrote a, a scene. She altered the scene a little bit, and they were upset, and rightfully so. And they came down and said, you know, you should have waited for us. And Ellen, Ellen rightfully said, well, you weren't here. How could I? Right. So they had a little spat. Um, and uh, she locked herself in her dressing room, and... Nobody could get her to open the door. And so I finally went and said, Ellen, you have to open the door. It's me, and you have to open the door. Well, when I went in to her dressing room, she'd had the air conditioner was on full blast. Her lips were blue. She was shaking. 
Uh, and so I got the prop man to give her a shot of uh, whiskey and wrap blankets around her, and they they took her home. They sent her home in a car. And um, the next day, she didn't show up on the set. So Will Gear was very worried about her, and he said, this isn't Ellen. She's a complete professional. She would be here. So apparently he and one of the producers, I think it was Andy Whitehead, um, <clears throat> went over to her house and she didn't answer the door, she didn't answer the phone, and Will finally, Will Gear finally saw through a window, saw her lying on the floor with the phone. Oh, wow. She had tried to reach the phone and uh, they broke in, they got cops and broke in and got her to a hospital and that's when she had her stroke right she had had a stroke and but bless her she wanted to come back to the show and they let her and that was amazing was I mean, being, they thought she was being exploited but she it, it saved her she wanted to come back she's an actress good for her i, I think that was yeah. incredibly wonderful yeah. and brave to do i mean to, to put your, it wasn't easy for her no I, <laughs> I can imagine. I don't know how she would. I guess it would be hard to memorize lines if you had a stroke. It would be very difficult to. It was, but you know they were very kind. They uh, they made it a little bit easy for her. But she had to literally, she had to memorize yes and no. Mm -hmm. I mean, she'd have to have it on a card written out for her, and she'd memorize it. I'm pouring myself a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so if you hear noises, that's what it is. That's right. Um, she's, um, she, she, yeah, she was a trooper. Right. And she, there was one time when she, I'm just telling you this personally, but there was one time when she, um, um, she was trying to tell me something and I kept guessing, you know, she would tell me whatever it was and I would go, is it this? And she'd go, no. Right. And I'd go, is it that? And she'd go, no. And, and this went on seemingly forever. And finally I guessed right and I said, is it this? And she said, yes. Oh. And then we both almost fell over laughing because I, I, I said, well, why didn't you say so? And she had the most gracious sense of humor so she laughed her ass off, you know, and it was wonderful. It was great. What was the last, was, yeah, what, what was the last day like for the Waltons? I mean, for you personally, what, do you remember how you felt? I cried the whole day. I just cried. There's a picture that somebody took of the whole cast and crew standing there, and I'm sobbing. Eric is holding on to me. Eric Scott is holding on to me. Boy, he's such a terrific guy. I love Eric. Mm -hmm. um, great sense of humor. Always made us laugh. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was a very hard day. It was like leaving a family. Right. And, um, you know, part of me was going, why am I doing this? And the other part of me was saying, I can't pour another cup of coffee. What, where is that Walton house now? Is it still there, or is it, has it been torn down? I think it's been torn down. It, I was told it burned, that there was a fire, but I don't know for sure. It was there for a long time. I see they. I see there were like dollhouses of the Walton house too. <laughs> it's like really. Oh, no, really. Yes. I didn't that. I, I found this thing on YouTube. It, it's like ten things you didn't know about the Waltons, and I was watching it, and that was one of the things they were showing the dollhouses. And I thought, oh, my God, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I have a, a a lunchbox that they made. Somebody, one of the fans gave it to me. And I have a coffee pot that had the wall, that has the Walton's house painted on it. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, I didn't know anything. But what a good idea. Why not? What, have, what haven't you done that you would like to do? I mean, are there things that, do you have like a bucket list? Do you have things that you, that you want to do? Well, no, not really, but I, I I, would like to, I think doing a sitcom, at least the way they were back in the old days, is the closest thing you get to doing television and theater all combined. Right. Because there are certain shows where you actually go in, you rehearse for a couple of, I did a, a short-lived one, and it wasn't very good, but it was short-lived. But you go in, you read the first day, you go home. 
you wait a day or two, you, you have a day or two off while the writers do the rewriting that they feel they need to do. Then you come back, you block it, and you go home. And then on, you come back and rehearse it again on Friday, and you go home. And then on that night, they shoot the half hour, and you go home, and you have the weekend. I mean, it's a it's a real deal. And they pay you money. Right. So, they throw money at you. <laughs> which has always been my strong suit anyway. I've always been basically a comedian. And so I, I wouldn't mind doing a, a, a part on a sitcom. I think that would be heaven. But um, to do an hour series, um, I mean, when I was doing Nurse, we put in sometimes a 19-hour day. Wow. And that's, that, that's just not living. You're not, a, you're not living. You're not living a life. You're just pulled up in, 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 in that show. We were in the hospital, and we were in the hospital well, for 19 all, hours. That's all you would do is work and come home and sleep and then go right back to work. And you're exhausted. You can't enjoy your weekend off because you're catching up on everything you didn't get a chance to do during the weekend. You're you're so tired. When have, where do you, when, where I admire Marissa Hargitay and these people who are doing our action shows, and it's exhausting. I, mean, I don't know how they do it. And, and then when do you get time to learn your lines for the next day? Well, once you pretty well have your character down, your lines come much more easily. I mean, it wasn't hard after, um, if you had a long, uh, learning the lines on, I did General Hospital, no. Right, yeah, you did. I did another one, I did another one, I'm trying to think. You did Young and the Restless and General Hospital, those are the two. Yeah, I played a judge in one of them anyway, and I had pages of uh, long speeches, and that was tough, because you just, you have to learn it overnight. Those are the people who are my heroes, are the, are the uh, daytime television people because they they have to learn a lot of dialogue every night and for me in the waltons i didn't always have that much to say or do and once i had the character down i pretty well knew how she would react to anything and if i if i went up in the line i could add lip my way through it you know? right well, that's so, wonderful but for 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 those uh daytime so people god they really work hard but you're—I mean, you're—you are a TV legend. I mean, you'll always be a legend, even if something should happen to you. You'll still be a legend, and that's got to feel wonderful. Well, you know, I'm getting an Icon Award, I think, and I have to look it up. But I—I I do think Icon kind of means you're on your way out. I'm not sure. Oh, really? But no, not that. It's to a us. great honor. But we—but um, see, we can still watch those shows and see you when you were yeah. that age. So we're, we will always have that. That will be so nice, and that I'm part, I'm part of your life. Right, oh, you're, uh, and we forgot to we forgot to mention part of your life. Right, you're getting something at the Oscars, not the, the, some kind of side Oscar party thing. You're getting yeah, award? it's called the Icon Award. Yeah, and, and uh, so I'm an icon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite know what that means. I'm going to look it up in the dictionary. So, do you know what you're going to do? You have a speech prepared for that? No, I, I don't, because I don't even know if I'm supposed to give a speech, but if I do, <laughs> if I do, it'll be pretty much what I said to you, you know, mostly uh, television's been good to me, put my kids through school, and I've made good, dear friends, and, um, you know, How, I, I've been lucky. One thing I wanted to ask you is, when you first saw yourself on TV in the Waltons, what, what was that like for you? What was that experience like, seeing yourself on TV? Well, I had done television before, and of course, the first time is always it's like, oh my God, I'm terrible. I'm just terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Um, or, gee, I didn't know my nose was so long. Or <laughs> a friend of mine once said, I said, do you, when I was quite young, and we both had a few drinks, and I said, do you think I should have my nose done? Or I should have my nose done? And she said, you really want the truth? And I said, yeah, I really do. And she said, it's not your nose, it's your chin. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I can't win. <laughs> so now you're worried about your nose and your chin. <laughs> yeah, she was telling me basically, yeah, you need a chin implant or something. You no, are, I don't think so. You are truly a treasure. You're so easy to talk to, too. You're so warm and, and kind. You really are. I mean, I, I could just Thank get... You. I just think, but I can I can hear the hard nosed uh, part of you, and I like that. I like the fact that you don't, you're no nonsense. You're not going to let anybody get anything over on you, and that's wonderful. 
I'm so glad you to learn see that. that over the years, don't you? Uh, well, you will yeah. as you get older. You know, you learn after a while that if you're not going to stick up for yourself, nobody else will. Exactly, exactly. And um, it's hard sometimes because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But sometimes you just have to say, you know what? Time is short, and I'm not happy. And if I'm not happy, you're not going to be happy. So, uh, but it, it took me a long time to learn. Right. And I'm married to a wonderful guy right now who helps, too. He's very supportive, and, um, you know, if I'm whining about something, you know, he'll put up with it for a little while and then make suggestions as to what I should do about it, basically telling me that. So you're you're happy, and you're happy with your work, and yeah, everything's is, going just well. Is, and I, I can't couldn't ask for And when I sat there in that memorial for Peter, and my kids... We're all dressed in suits, my sons, and they were eloquent and beautiful talking about their father. And my grandchildren got up and talked about their, their grandfather. And um, so many of my ACT friends were there. And it was. I thought to myself, I'm one of the luckiest people in the world. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't ask you how many kids you have. I have three, three sons. Three sons. And five grandchildren. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, it's been a. We have to let you go. I, we, I've gone past my my forty minutes. Harlan's going to kill me. But <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> He's the best guy in the world. And David, I wish you all the best. Uh, uh, this is a new year. I think twenty eighteen was kind of a tough year for just about everybody. Yes. And I hope this year will be a good year for you and me. And it's been uh, a pleasure to talk to you. We'll, we'll look forward to you in driving Miss Daisy. Michael learned it. And this has been Dave's book talk. We'll talk to you next time. You have just enjoyed the podcast of David's Book Talk, brought to you by your host, book lover, David English. Please visit us at davidbooktalk.com, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe to our podcast. We want to hear from you, and we don't want you to miss our upcoming shows with top authors like Mary Higgins Clark, Patricia Cornwell, Lisa Scottolini, Jackie Collins, Nelson DeMille, Michael Connolly, Sue Grafton, Steve Martini, Dale Brown, David Baldacci, 